Welcome to Smodcast. I'm Kevin Smith. Okay, part uh, two of Clerks 2, episode uh, two. This is where you're going to hear more from uh, Kim and and then a bunch from from my mom. The show went really fucking long, but uh, people seem to dig it. I mean, what are they going to do? Tell me, like, this sucked. Stop bringing your mom on a podcast. Um, she gave gold. All of them did. Betsy was great last week. Kim continues to be great this week, and mom is wonderful this week. So... Uh, without further ado, kids, kick back and enjoy Clerks 2, T-O-O, Episode 2, Part 2. Um, the uh, We finished that scene. Do you go back to school after that? Mm-hmm. Very soon after that. I think I only came home for like two days just so I could do that. I, I've, that's how I remember it. Like you came mm-hmm. home to do it and then went back. Um, so you were there in pre. You were there in production for a minute and then took off. Um, what did you think of uh, the of the production itself? Never mind it, of course, being long, but like, hey, these fuckers know what they're doing. Yeah, or? definitely. I feel like should we talk about the my Christmas gift? Yeah, good. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd seen a, a movie Kevin had made oh, yeah. um, on eight millimeter. Yeah, an eight millimeter right? first movie I ever made, Super Eight, for a Christmas gift for me prior to Clerks. So I knew he he had like storytelling ability. I always knew that. You're a writer. In my mind, you're always a writer first and foremost. I'm sorry. No, me too. <laughs> okay. But uh, you you started using the camera then. And so when I saw not only that you were there, but you have these two friends of yours that are fully invested. You know, you have Dave and you have Scott. You're like strangers from other states. Yeah, from from across the country, right? That are he's here in New Jersey, and schmucks. he's convinced these two guys. Yeah. So he's got to be onto something, right? And it seemed very professional to me, and that just the way you transformed the store, how it became a set, you know, and just how much work went into it. There was so much work that you were doing. You weren't sleeping. You I, did you even sleep? Like. Maybe two hours a night. Sometimes I feel like you barely slept. No, I, th- I think sometimes it was like two. We'd go crash in the video store floor, and then have to like wake up and run the store and stuff. But there, you didn't seem to feel the need because you were like, ah, I can't believe this is literally happening. A movie is happening. Yeah, it was really, it was impressive. And I remember when I went back to school, uh, my my college friends and I was telling them like what you were doing and. Again, this is how naive I am. One of my friends, she's like, oh, maybe he'll take the movie to Khan. And I was like, what's that? I had no idea. And I mean, and of course you did. <laughs> so I that's the irony know. of ironies, you know? It's just like, yeah, maybe. I had no idea I about never, any, we, what we, it could become. We never thought that either. But oddly enough, you were in an environment where people would be more prone to be like, oh, an indie film? Yeah, like, people, people who had far more knowledge and experience I was just like, for me, I was going home to hang out with my boyfriend or my whatever we were calling each other back then. Yeah, no, we were dating by that point. Um, All right, so then we break up after the movie's done when Kim graduates uh, Carnegie Mellon and I'm still cutting clerks and stuff. And a few months later, we'll bring clerks to the IFFM in New York and that starts its life, its road to Sundance and stuff. Um, Kim... uh, was would you go to Boston to grad school or something mm-hmm. at that point? So she was in Boston in grad school. I uh, we didn't keep in touch as much as I kept in touch with Kim's mother constantly, um, Mary Lou, who I was friends with. Uh, but also like you know I'd pop by and, and tell her everything and stuff because I know it would come get eventually get back to Kim. Kim had moved on with another boyfriend. This is also a crucial part of the clerk story as well because um, it figures prominently into the writing of the script and comes back in Clerks Three as well. Uh, Kim was dating a guy at the time in college who was an Asian design major. 
Yes. Now, yes, drum major, no design major. Um, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, there's a, a kind of big, when we, when we call this moment back in Clerks 3, in which Kim is there for, as sang the role of Heather Jones yet again, beside Ernie, the two of them looking like they have not aged, like there's two fucking portraits of them somewhere that are aging because neither of them <laughs> looked different from the fucking first shot that we did in black and white the first time. Um, it, the whole sequence, the vignette, is predicated on the you know chestnut that I've heard for years where people are like, when you say Asian design major, like what does that mean exactly? Is, it, is he major in Asian design or is he majoring in design and you have to point out that he's Asian? And you know, we have an answer in the movie which is very amusing and stuff, hopefully. Um, but in real life? He was a design major who is of Asian descent. There you go. <laughs> um, so that winds up in the script. Now, that's in the script before Kim winds up dating um, Rocky. That's the gentleman's name. Rather than keep fucking going, the Asian design yes, major. Yes, let, let, Nameless I mean, individual. Also not his real name, but yes. his nickname, yes, Rocky. True, true. <laughs> um, she, she and Rocky were very tight. They were friends. And it was always like my, oh my God, what if, what if they're more than friends? Which apparently they weren't. And then we broke up. And then they became more than friends. And then my nightmare came true. And then the shit that Way to I, write that one, Kevin. I know. Way really. to bring that into being. I really did. I willed it into existence. And that was part of the movie as well, and forever will be and stuff. So um, while we're in post on Clerks, Kim is in you know the throes of a new relationship uh, with Rocky. And I remember the next time you come to the block of stores uh, is not to act or visit your poor boyfriend, who, who you never really did. You never really come and hung out here. Yeah, it was, you know, you started working here and I was about to go to school. Yeah. I don't think I ever was here before we shot Clerks. No. I think it's the first time I was in the store. So crazy. So a place that was so important to me and you'd heard about it all the time, but you never had called to be And there. you would call me from here all the time. I did. I would be on the payphone all the time like Dante and be like, please come home. <laughs> so um, I'm in RST video cutting the movie on a, the Steenbeck, the, the six plate, um, cutting the film and the two AB sound rolls. And um, that's where we're assembling it. And, and, uh, and Moj is working at Quick Stop at this point. I've taken over to work at RST so I could cut the movie. And I invite Kim and, to come see it. And she's like, well, I'm with Rocky. And I'm trying to be very big about it. So I'm like, oh, well, of course, uh, bring him by all means. And so they come and I set him up an RST video and like watch the reel, which is about like, I don't know, 15 minutes or something like big chunk of the movie, including her scene. And uh, I'm, I'm with them, but, but you know, at the same time, I go next door because Scott's a quick stop. And when I go next door, Scott's like, how's that? And I'm like, nightmare, it's a nightmare. <laughs> and then like afterwards, like, you know, they had the compliment that we got from everybody, which was like the highest compliment we felt we could get paid on Clerks, which was like, looks like a movie. I was like, yeah, yeah, thanks for that. And so we chit-chatted and, you know, everything's civil and fucking above board. But in that weird way of like, oh, man, now it's you and her. It used to be me and her. And then we said goodbye and I watched Kim and Rocky walk away, like hand in hand, away from Quick Stop. And probably one of the biggest, like, if I was making a movie about the, that era of my life, that would be a very important image and shit. Because it was like the difference between, like, I'd rather be doing that but now I'm married to this instead and went back in and started re, you know, working on the movie and stuff. So I take the movie to Sundance. Um, is it on MTV that you yes. see? Yes. What was it? What happened? I was with Rocky and other friends of ours. When you say Boston. with, you mean biblically at this point. At that precise moment, we were playing cards. Right. <laughs> but uh, we were living together, yes. Yes. Uh, and we were having a party. We had friends over playing poker, mm. and we had TV on the background. It's MTV, and they're doing coverage of Sundance. And I see them. I, I forget the VJ's name. I'm sorry. Who it was? Kurt Loder Kennedy. No, it wasn't. It was somebody who was just out there to cover the Sundance Film okay. Festival. And but I see the slow motion shot of you and like Brian and and uh, Jeff and Lisa and Marilyn and everybody just, and Scott walking down the street in slow motion. 
in Sundance. And I'm literally like picking up a card from the deck and I was like, <laughs> and I couldn't say anything. I, and I realized, for those of you who are listening, I'm in shock, my face with my draw dropped down. And, and so the people I'm playing cards with, they all look over at the TV too. They're like, huh, isn't that your ex-boyfriend, Kevin? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Fuck. I was like, wow, he really, really made it. Like, that was cool. But before that, though, well, you had called me. Had I spoken to, to you let me know that I was going? So you, I told your mom first. You, yes, I'm sure that you did because, you know, you and Mary Lou were tight. But uh, I was like, tell her I'm going to Sundance. No, She'll know what that is. You No, so here's the really funny part. You called me and I said, hello. And you go, I'm going to the dance. And I was like, you're doing what now? <laughs> so I'm like, fuck. So I didn't realize what that meant until I saw you on MTV. And like, then you were like, those, that's the dance. Those moments came together in this shocking moment of clarity. It's like, oh, that's the dance. <laughs> wow. Okay, then. That's now, a pretty so, good dance. Way better than when I was Boy George. So, <laughs> so you were finishing? No, you were in grad school at this point. You're in Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Clerks comes out. And you're still in college world. Yeah. So the best part is when you got your distribution and there was a little art house that Clerks was playing in that I got to ride by the marquee in my train on my way out to class like every day for a month. And I saw Clerks on the marquee. Going to and from? Every day, back and forth. And you're like, like, fuck. Clerks. Clerks. Were you happy? Because you're like, oh, look, Clerks. But you're in yeah. Clerks. Is that like a well, yeah? yeah it I'm was it was cool though. Yes, because do you remember coming out to talk to my students after Mallrats? Right, but yeah. to talk about Clerks, right? That's what we were there for. We we're, were talking about um about uh, linear writing, <laughs> I believe. We, me and Moj, uh, like Kim was like, come out and speak to my students at Boston College. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, come out and talk to these cats about linear writing and stuff and you know you, you did clerks they all know clerks and stuff i was like yeah of course and this the, it was the monday after mall rats had opened so it was our disastrous open weekend opening weekend so me and moj went to the school and like instead of being like kids you could do anything we were <laughs> like, like don't do shit man <laughs> Especially don't do it at a fucking mall. <laughs> I think I'm going to bring the most morose writer that I know in my life. Kevin Smith, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This whole generation of writers did not come out of fucking Boston at that period because like, he makes it look so sad. <laughs> um, the, the movie, uh, of course, has been around for Red Hot Minute and whatnot. How often does it like pop up? How often did it pop up in, in your life? Do, do people recognize you? You're like, hey, you're in that fucking movie. For a long time. Is that right? Yes. And and occasionally still now, which it's always more and more amazing to me, but I guess I really didn't change my look much no. since then. Was, yeah, it's not surprising <laughs> to me. You look like that fucking girl's twin. So wait a second. People will recognize you? Uh, not as much anymore. But back but, then? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. What do they say? You... It would always be like a slow dawning of reality. Like, you look so familiar. You look so familiar. And then they'd have the light bulb. And I'm like, were you in that movie, Clerks? And then they would know. Yeah. It would happen like that pretty often. Um, did it ever benefit you? Was anyone ever like, well, I'm going to pay for your fucking dinner? <laughs> no. I, I think I got a, a different boyfriend out of it, actually. What do you mean? Somebody you don't know. You got a boyfriend? Because they were like, I like Clerks. Um... Well, why didn't you call me and be like, thanks, man? No, it wasn't because of that, but it was just like one of those people who recognized me. Really? And then just kept talking me up, kept talking me up, and then we ended up dating. Recognized you and was like, oh my God, this is the girl from Clerks. Then was like, I want to fuck the girl from Clerks. (laughs) I mean, he didn't say that out loud. Maybe it was was in his mind. Oh, yeah, he worked on it. Um, look at that, man. That guy was just like, celebrity. <laughs> yeah. Poor. He really needs to raise his bar. No, man. Like loader bar and the cheese. That's what I say. <laughs> um, the, uh, the When all is uh, said and done, you have uh, a very rarefied position on, on Clerks is not just uh, being in it, 
Um, uh, being in Clerks 3, as previously mentioned, she comes back. And it's a very good scene. And again, you guys have not aged whatsoever. But, um, you know, you're, you also have the, the role of, you know, playing the two, the inspiration for the two female, female characters. But more importantly, probably the inspiration behind it all in terms of somebody going like, you know, you can write. Like you, like you, it's not just something you do. Like you're good at this thing. You should pursue it. So, did you feel like when you saw it, and anytime you see it, is there a sense of ownership to it to some degree? Authorship, perhaps, not ownership. Are you saying that I should be getting some royalties? Yeah, if I was you, <laughs> I'd be like, "Where's my fucking money, man? No. This fucking clerk's machine don't roll without me." I'm just really proud of what you accomplished i know i i know my place in it but i mean everybody has a life right but like i said it's that unique individual who can take their personal and make it universal so that was all you i have no no like pre preconceptions or or any any delusion that like, oh, I wrote this. No, Kevin Smith wrote this. You know, and only you could do what you did. And and that's why you're the artist. The portrait of the artist of the young Kev. That's who I knew. Mm. Um, when you say you knew, uh, do you feel, how close am I to the to the boy you dated back in the day at this point? I mean, other, other than the fact I look like I ate the boy that you dated. But. <laughs> But where are we in, in the scale of things? How, how different am I or similar or, and there's no wrong answer to this. There are, there are times when I absolutely know you and it's like we are still 15 years old mm. in the way that we can talk to each other and complete each other's sentences sometimes. Mm. And I, I hope that never changes and I, I don't think it will. I mean, God, we're, like 51 now yeah, yeah. <laughs> so probably that'll stay um the uh the, the other in life uh you're into tm transcendental meditation or something uh, well not transcendental but buddhist meditation buddhist meditation mm -hmm. when did that kick in uh i've been practicing buddhism for about six years and mind you we were raised catholic like hardcore and shit so she gave it up. I gave it up, and I was like, that stuff's silly. She gave it up, and she was like, that's silly, but this is better. And you picked up. <laughs> this is better silly. Yeah, this is silly that I could get my head around. Um, what, is, how, what is it like to meditate? Do it right now. We'll watch. <laughs> it's not how it works. Is that right? <laughs> like, could you not meditate in front of people? Don't, don't people get in a room and meditate? They do. They get together. They just don't look at each other. Well, it's, it's not. Is that what meditation is? A series of, don't look at me! It's not like a competitive sport. Oh fuck! You can't you can't get a varsity letter in meditation. Then why bother? I know, right? What uh, what is it? What is it like? What does it do for you? Uh, it it just helps me to be calm in my mind, mm -hmm. no matter what external circumstances are transpiring. I think that's the point of having any type of a spiritual endeavor, is so that you as a person are okay no matter what your circumstances. The outside is not re really affecting the internal, like who you are. Mm. So there's a sense of peace? Yes. Fucking hey, man, look at you. Um, You're like the biggest Zen master ever, though, and this is what you don't understand I, about I can't yourself. meditate, though. Like, I've tried. I, Mosier meditates, and one time he was just like, I'm going to turn you on to a guy who's going to help you meditate. And then uh, I couldn't be in the room with the guy, so he's like, I'll do it with you on the phone. And it was so fucking strange. And the whole time I'm like, I, I don't think I'm doing it right, and then I just kind of gave it up. But Mosier's a big uh, fan of it. I, I, don't, I don't meditate, but do you think I show the benefits of meditation? Is that what you're... In, Implying? I think there are many paths. Oh, fuck. And you, you, you've chosen your path, and your path of being connected, because really meditation is also about realizing that we're, we're not separate, that we are all in this together, if you will, but you've always been connected. You've always connected with the people that you're closest to, but anybody that you meet. Mm. For you, literally, I think that strangers are just friends you haven't met yet. You, you really sort of embody that in your life. And I've watched you do that your whole life. 
and I, I think that's why you're further along a path than like some people will ever know in their life. The fuck, I'm, I'm more evolved. You're, you're pretty evolved. You are. I mean, you're, you know, we all can do a little more. I'm gonna sign but up. But you're good. I'm gonna sign up for any religion that considers me evolved. I'll tell you right now. Because well, it sounds like I'm already on the path. You know, it, what's amazing is is the way you cherish others. You truly care about the people in your life and the people that you're making your art for. Mm. You Obviously, you care about people. You invite them into your life all the time. I make them give me money. Well, okay. <laughs> but you, 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 you are accessible. Yeah. You know, and, and you you never take any of it for granted, mm. you know? And so I think that that aspect of, of being connected with what you're doing, being in the moment and understanding the way a moment can ripple out, you're really, really in tune with that. And you always have been. Um, probably because the moment where we met rippled out into ultimately this. We're sitting here, you know, because you did look like fucking Boy George one night. And it kept my interest for a year until I, you know, I was like, all right, fucking let's go swimming, Christine Barry's little cousin, and, <laughs> until it became something else. And you and I don't meet, clerks really doesn't happen. It's that simple. So, you know, I know you have no sense of ownership, but there is a sense of authorship that you should feel. Uh, hands down, easily one of the most important people that I've ever met in my life. Now you have the final chance, though, to go on record and tell all these good people. How ridiculously high is the number 37? Oh my God. It is way over the top, Kevin. I, I'll tell you the calculus of it. Can I, can I tell them the calculus? Because it does, it's a little revelatory. I, I took your, I said if I was in for a penny, I was in for a pound. So go ahead. I took Kim's relatively low number. Um, because and we're t because it was a number that you know I was obsessed with, and I was like, all right, if this makes me like feel bad, and not bad like she did something to me, but if this makes me feel jealous, how what would make it feel infuriating, but believable still? So it couldn't be like she sucked a hundred dicks. People would be like, come on, that's some bullshit. But it had to be like a really <laughs> believable fucking number. So what I did was I, I and this is the revealing part. I times it by three and added seven. Essentially, that's how I got to that fucking number. And so- I never knew that. That's true. <laughs> it's true. And so, like, when you put it out there, people go like, oh my God, like, that's harrowing. When the movie came out. Nowadays, I've met a whole generation of women who are like, why is that such a bad fucking thing? And I'm huh. Um, give it up for uh, the girl without whom there is no clerks, ladies and gentlemen, Kim Lagrad. Thank you. Um, all right, continuing on a theme, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as you can see, behind every uh, man, great or otherwise, uh, is a series of, of very wonderful women and stuff. Um, we don't get much closer uh, uh, than me and, and our next guest. Um, uh, it goes beyond intimate. Um, I, you know, I sit here before you, the uh, humble, uh, you know, uh, answer to a prayer, the uh, dream come true uh, to someone else um, who, long before anyone in this room was like, "I'm a fan of Kevin Smith." was a hardcore fan of Kevin Smith. Um, so much so that she came out in the wee hours of the morning when we were making Clerks take somebody else's place in the movie. Uh, the Milkmaid was not supposed to be played by Grace Smith. It was supposed to be played by some Atlantic Highlands uh, 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 First Avenue Playhouse performer who when they found out that they were gonna have to come act at two in the morning just did not fucking show up. So I got on the pay phone because we had no cell phones in those days and quickly called my mom and woke her up at two in the morning to be like, mom, the person who's supposed to do this thing isn't here. Can you please come down here and do this? If we don't do this tonight, we won't get it and we'll miss out on this plea. I need somebody to do this. She's like, oh. Fine, I'll come down and did it. And like my heroine, uh, had she'd always been, 
came down to Leonardo in the middle of the night, you know, did a shot that uh, will forever live in my head and heart, not just because it's like, oh, that's the milkmaid, one of the funniest moments in the movie, or oh, that's the milkmaid, that's my mom. It was uh, my mom going above and beyond, even for something she didn't quite get her head around at that point. Like, you know, she wasn't somebody who was like, I know where all this is going. Um, she just wanted to help out her, her kid. We're going to hear all about it. I welcome to the stage of Smod Castle. This Smod Castle uh, is about to uh, uh, feel uh, more honor than the weight of the walls of Smod Castle can bear. Give it up for my mother, ladies and gentlemen, Grace Smith. There you go. And we can pull the tube up. It was. It took you a minute to get here. Um, how are you doing? Great. Wonderful. Don't forget that microphone. Um, oh, great. Wonderful. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Oh, my God. It echoes. Holy crap. <laughs> no, He's got, what is everybody. that, coffee for you? Yeah, tea. Tea. Very yes. nice. Well, look Thank at you, you fucking, like, playing it hardcore out here tonight. Yeah. You're like, bring me my tea. You know, isn't it nice to have men around you all day? I mean, you wouldn't know that. <laughs> um, you know, we sell a shirt here at Smod Castle uh, that on the back says, I received oral pleasure at Smod Castle. And my mother was like, I want two of those. I was like, do you understand that joke? She's like, Tiger, please. <laughs> Um, we, uh, you know, I, I, I can lay a lot of credit at people's feet. Jordan always makes fun of me. Jordan is Jason's wife. She runs our company, Smodco. Um, she always makes fun of me. She's like, boy, I've met so many people who are responsible for clerks. Oddly enough, you're never one of them. Because whenever I introduce <laughs> people, I'm like, without this person, clerks never would happen. Without this person, clerks never would have happened. And she's like, you always throw the credit around and stuff. And that's because it was a collective effort. However, I can say without a shadow of a doubt, I'm not being facetious. This is just fucking biological fact. There would be no clerks. Absolutely. Absolutely. If it were not for the woman sitting to my fucking left. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Will. Now, I'm going to take you back as far as I could take you back. His mom's like, what are we going to talk about? I'm going to take you back to the 90s, but I'm going to take you further back. Do you remember when you guys fucked and made me? No, when you were... I knew he was going to say... I said when you were born. I know, the born part, that's like TV movie shit. What we all want to hear is the nasty. Like, were you watching TV with them? And he was like, this is boring, let's fuck. Or was he in bed and he was like, you up, you up, you up? Let's make a baby. Like, how did it? Of course. How did we it happen? Need it. We Into the need mic. It. Okay, of course, because I had two, so we needed one a little bit longer down the line. You definitely wanted Same three day. kids? Well, we want five, actually. You wanted to have five yeah. children? Why? You Weren't were... we crazy? Into the microphone. Don't talk <laughs> Weren't we? Your father and I were like, wow, why did we ever say that? We couldn't even think about. You were Catholic. College. If you hold it up, think about the putting you in table. college. There okay, you there we go. That's and good. It's right there all the time. And my voice is too deep yet from flying and such. But, um, no, we, I guess, never really give it a thought about five children and having, you know, expense and then maybe even college. Well, you came wow. from a family of five, and how yeah. many were kids were in his family? Daddy's was four of them. So that was Daddy, the idea. The idea yeah. was, like, That's be fruitful and multiply and right. stuff. Right, right. I have to bring more Smiths into the world. There wasn't enough of them. You know? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Hey, man, let me just jump in here for a sec to remind you, jayandsilentbob.com, ladies and gentlemen. You want to buy anything Clerks related, anything Jay and Silent Bob related, anything Kevin Smith related, go to jayandsilentbob.com. Now back to the show. Um, let's, uh, let's take it all back to when we first met. Um, which I guess is... Uh, we first met? You mean yeah. your father and I, not you? No, me and oh, you. Oh, okay. Me and you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you were the cute little uh, eight-pound, three-ounce baby in there. Your father was having a heart failure. You're adorable. For... It was eight pounds, nine ounces. Uh, I didn't want to make it sound so big, you know? <laughs> you left the six, uh, six <laughs> ounces off for savings. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm born... Only one of him, though. Only one of him. I'm born. Where am I born? There's Virginia, there's Donald... 
and, and there you're was, the third and only. But there was one you before lost before you, me. And one after you. And That's you. why I told you God has always chosen you for the family, for your father and I, and for what was ever ahead in our life. Which is so sweet the way you put it, but what I heard in my head is you have ghost brothers. <laughs> oh, no. Dead siblings you'll never meet. <laughs> and you'll that. solve crimes with happen. them and shit. Get kids out of jams. It was like a Saturday morning cartoon waiting to happen. It, right? Um, See, when you tell them too much, that's what happens. You're always out there with, what's next, Kevin? What, um, let's, let's take us okay. to the era of, uh, trying to, I mean, you were there for fucking everything. What do, you, what do you remember about me as a kid that would have remotely made you think, oh, one day he'll do the shit he does for a living? Well, you're a fanatic about Star Wars. You played with your friend across the street from New York. Peter King. King King, God rest his soul. Um, Peter King died. He got hit by a car in New York, sadly, years and yep. years ago. Uh, but they were like inseparable. Morning, they get up, okay, and bring breakfast across the street to Peter. They were from New York. So they come down every family summer. would come down to the bungalow, their bungalow in the summertime, like to spend the summer on the Jersey Shore. They lived in uh, what was then intolerable Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> so they would come What's and like new? spend the summers <laughs> down there. And so me and Pete would just play Star Wars all the time. But is that what you think of when you think of me? You're like, oh, he was that, of the three kids, he was the heavy one that played Star Wars a lot. <laughs> yes, well, you were babied by me and your father, you know. You know, uh, even take him, long story, take him out of school, right? Uh, I've told him that story many times. Right, but uh, no, uh, you know, you just hope as a parent, and you look, you have your beautiful Harley, one child, and uh, that's, you know, the apple of your eye, everything. But you always hope and pray that, you know, those children ahead of you and your father wanted to live through your children. That's what he always said to me. Mm. As he was a little older than I was. And um, he just said, just watching the children grow up, never thinking ahead of the future what would be with your uh, wonderful success and everything like that that you brought to the family and everybody, that uh, you just think, well, let's see. He's going to work hard. No, he don't like to cut grass. No, he don't like to really work hard. He works in quick stop. Check, check. Quick stop. Stop, right? Okay. <laughs> I come from Florida. And, uh, you know, so many things. But then uh, all of a sudden you had this inspiration and you and your brother and sister saw it about your writing, mm. about writing and all your thoughts and everything like that to put down. And as you always say, your sister and brother pushed you. Your sister said, you can do it, Kevin. Go ahead, you know. And they probably saw more than I could even visualize in my life as a parent and a mother. And, uh, you know, I, I'm all over the place in my mind right now. But I remember your father watching Jersey Girl, and he cried. Remember? Yeah. Come down. He was like, <laughs> he my said, son's ruined. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why did it have to follow Gili? <laughs> right. That was it. Yeah. Was there oh, was there <laughs> ever like um, like if somebody uh, asked you to describe me when I wasn't around as a kid, how would you have done it? You were a good kid. You were spoiled, but you were a good kid. <laughs> Why was what the what the fuck <laughs> spoiled? What kid are you talking about? One of the ghost children? No. The other two, when they were even, went off to go, he won't say this to you, they went off to college. He was home until he's 23. Yeah. No, I tell him. Believe me, I've told him on many podcasts. I'm very proud of that. I missed that. I told my own kid, I'm like, stay the fuck home until you're 23, like I did. Listen, (laughs) he stayed home. But anyhow, uh, yeah, did he tell you I put his towels in a hot uh, dryer until he's ready to come out of the shower and hand him in the door to him? His sister will never let me forget it. His sister will never let me live it down. And his brother just looks at me like, Mother, really? No wonder why he's not leaving home until he's 23. We're all in college already, taking care of ourselves and paying our bills. There was no reason but, to leave. Like, somebody would hand you a hot fucking towel. I was like, thank yep. you, Jeeves. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you on and, the parlor for ping pong. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we go to the movies with you, anything you said, you know. You started out laying on his belly when you were small. Mm-hmm. He used and to watch TV and I'd lay on his stomach and T-bone him like this, which sounds way fucking dirtier than I meant it. But he'd lay this way <laughs> and I'd lay on his stomach watching Bowling for Dollars. Yep. Um, do you, yeah. do, were you, now he took me to the movies a lot, famously. We've talked about yep. it many, many times uh, all over to join. 
We ever uh, we went to the movies too. Like sometimes we all went as a family, and sometimes it was me, mom, and dad. But mostly it was just <laughs> me and dad. When he took me to the movies, where you're like, oh fucking thank God, both of them are gone. I get some <laughs> fucking no, peace. I worry about I worry about both. He's going to the movies. Didn't Why? you go one time to the get gas in your car, and you pulled out how many credit cards before you could finally get a tank of gas? <laughs> Yes. Your father was getting worried because your father never carried a wallet, you know, and if he did it, moths came out of it because he never opened it. <laughs> That's a big family joke. I know? was trying to charge gas, and I went through like four cars because each one was like packed Next, up. Maxed and up. my father was sitting in the car going, you all right? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And apparently he went home and fucking ratted on me and shit. Grace, you should have seen him. Four fucking credit cards. I was embarrassed. <laughs> And he was sitting in the car. He was. Right? He was just like, thank God I didn't have to get out of the car. <laughs> right. Um, and he had no credit cards or wallet on him. So you're all going to be pushing that car home. <laughs> that's true. That dude never carried cash, didn't have no. credit cards. I don't know why he was judgy about my shit. <laughs> um, so do you remember when yeah. I come to you guys and I'm like, uh, I want to go to film school. I filled out Oh, well, my heart dropped. I can tell you that. That quick one. Really. I mean, you take him over to New York, right? And he goes into the semester that's half done. So he gets stuck with going to an apartment This building. is me going to the new school for social research to, to uh, uh, in Manhattan, not Vancouver. Go ahead. Right. And, uh, this is, she still won't let this fucking go. <clears throat> the heartbreak of me moving into a dorm. Tell him, uh, tell him this first world oh problem. Oh, my God. Well, we walked in, and there's a bunch of guys hanging around, right? So I'm looking around. There's a picnic bench over here for the table in the, in the there, the refrigerator. Open the refrigerator. And by guys hanging around, she means my dorm mates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, doctor's kids, right? And I opened the refrigerator And by door. doctor's kids, she means rich kids. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I was trying to be nice. Anyhow, and I opened the refrigerator door, and there's a pair of sneakers in there. Now, I said to his father, I can't leave him here. You know that, don't you? He said, well, I'll take him, let's take him home. I said, well, you got to tell him. He said, I ain't going to tell him. You tell him. You're the mother. And I said, okay, honey. And then we go into the room where he's going to be. And it's like a wedge put into the ceiling support or something like that. The bunk that bed was a bunk is bed high in a wedge. Ceiling. And your wedge. desk unit was like <laughs> below it and stuff. So you slept kind of close to the ceiling and then you had your, your workspace under it. And then you looked out the window and there was an apartment next door and people looking in it. Like, what the hell is going on in there? For anyone listening from a city, you know, city living. <laughs> But this it's was the like, first time we from uh, the Jersey suburbs, or at least you guys, you'd Jersey been from Shore. Newark, um, and like, you, you know, but there was well, we not. We never went to New York for, I mean, never went to New York where there was apartments that we were going into or anything. We went to a big show. We rarely we went to New York. And uh, here they Radio were City. coming into like, uh, was it 12th? It's 12th Street at this point. Um, right down Union and Square. And her walking into a dorm room. You know, you walk <laughs> in a dorm room and see a pair of sneakers in the fridge. You're like, charming. Looks like a movie. <laughs> My mom saw the sneakers in the fridge. She's like, that's it. We're leaving. You know. And then I, he'll never eat. <laughs> drove home crying the oh whole time. Oh, my God. The guy stopped to do the windshield wipers, you know, and stuff like that. And squeegee guy? <laughs> yeah, squeegee guy. And I just looked at him and said, this is the end of New York for me. Hand him five dollars. <laughs> that was it. Went home. Sneakers in a fridge. God cleaning my windshield. Fuck this city. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Your father and I cried all the way home, both of us, and just said, "Can I turn around and go back and get him?" No, you can't embarrass them, honey. You gotta let them have a little space. That would have been amazing if you're like get in the car. I'm like, why? Like sneakers in the fridge. And I'm like, goodbye, new roommates. <laughs> my parents say I can't stay here. <laughs> You lost um, a lot of weight walking back and forth to school and not eating just about, right? I did. Yeah, I did, as a matter of fact, because I walked to class and stuff. That also happened in Vancouver, which I had to walk a lot further. So Then you come home on the bus on Friday and say, oh, I'm done. There's no classes today. Your father and I believed you for a long time until that letter came that you tried to get in the mailbox on Fridays while you came home. I found out. Yeah, they were like, why aren't you in class every Friday? <laughs> and mom was like, you're supposed to be in class. I was like, wow. <laughs> You know, so I got to get out before traffic from New York, Mom, you know how that, that is. That was my point. I was like, yeah, yeah before the, the rush hour the traffic begins, she's like, your class is at 9 a.m. And I was like, I know, but it's Shakespeare. It's really boring. Um, I drop out of that school and drop out of many places, including Brookdale, and then I apply <laughs> to the Vancouver Film School. Um, do you remember me telling you guys that I'm, I'm going to go to Vancouver? Yeah. Oh, my God. I got your brother already. Into the mic. I, I, I said, oh, my God. I called your brother right away. And what would you say? He's four years old. Your brother wants to go to Canada, Vancouver Film School. He goes, what? 
I said, yeah, and he's got his word processor, his famous word processor he never let go of. It's a very, yeah, it's an like, electric typewriter <laughs> keyboard that you plug into a separate disk drive that holds floppy disks, and then you put a monitor, date, dot matrix monitor on it, and it turned an <laughs> electric typewriter into a word processor, this giant word processor, something now you could do on your phone on a fucking pages program or something. Ask him if he still has it. I still have it. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote yeah. clerks on. I'm not fucking giving that up. That no. that thing was like the greatest gift I've ever received in my entire life. And I include on that list, you know, getting an ad at, yeah. getting a fucking laserdisc player, oh um, and getting my child. You know, the gift yeah. of my child. That word processor paid off forever. Like, not only did it write clerks and that changed everything, but you know, so many hours wild away in front of that thing, dreaming and writing. I just found fairly recently in my office. A bunch of oh God, like binders that Ming had printed out everything he got off those discs, which it took him a long time to do it because it was a he had <laughs> yeah. to find a, a reverse program that would like find oh, this yeah. ancient tech yeah. and translate it and stuff. But he printed up all the shit, and the other morning I was going through all this writing, and it's just a lot of gobbledygook, a lot of trash, like a lot of it just like oh my, so many unfinished symphonies and shit like that that you'll never want to hear. But it's just a guy who's yearning, somebody who's trying, somebody who just wants to do something more, somebody who feels like, I think I can, I know there's something in me. I, I smell something here. And that fucking word processor, which came from you, Dad, Virginia, Virginia and Donald, like was yep. absolutely everything. So of course, I'll never get rid of that. In fact, it, I found it recently <laughs> in the office. I didn't find it, I know where it was, it was in the closet, but I saw it recently and I was like, this should be in the window. Regime. At the yes, in, it should be in the window at this at the secret stash. Like we don't get to a secret stash without this yes, fucking Smith Corona word processor. That's true. That really should be. It's very true. Okay. Oh, it will be. Yeah, um, all right. Be, so be next time back with you. Thank you, Mom. I'm glad you agree. Um, <laughs> the uh, the uh, what when I came home from film school. Oh yeah. Okay, he's, he's uh, dropping out. I mean, you already got with Scott. Into the, you already the were with Scott, and then you were taking a. But I mean, yes, a, I did drop out. Was there a, a sense? Was there? Everything. Yeah, we were doing the documentary <laughs> about Mayday. Right? But the question, though, is. He thinks I don't have a memory yet. I'm 76 <laughs> next week. He's taking me to Graceland. I am. I'm taking yep. Grace to Graceland next week. Yep. Next Saturday morning. <laughs> A week from today. If none of these fine people have given us the Omicron virus, yes, we're going to fucking Graceland next week. Um, Never, I believe they're all very conscientious of coming here and making sure they have all their shots and everything. Where's your cards so I can check them out? <laughs> um, do you, uh, so I come home from film school. I, mind you, I had dropped out of college in Manhattan. I had like dropped out of, uh, you know, going to Brookdale. I, I quit jobs left and right. One day I worked at a fucking Domino's for like four hours. I worked at an Italian pizza, uh, Italian bakery for an hour and a half and came home and I was like, I don't like it, ma. So I quit. I'm digging a grave. That guy, when that guy did that to you, I almost killed him. I worked at a cemetery and my mom, this is the, like, my mom thinks it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. I was working uh, for this guy who was like a groundskeeper, man. He did like yards and shit. But one of his fucking roots was the cemetery over in Oceanport. Yep. So he had like a big rider mower and he'd ride between the graves and shit like that. But also he worked the cemetery as the groundskeeper. And so that means he used his backhoe to fucking dig graves. You pull this like, you know, fuck, I don't know how you describe it, crane looking right. fucking yeah. thing and it picks He's, up I'm the sure earth. I'm sure they're all smart to know what a backhoe is. I'm sure everybody knows what a backhoe right? is. <laughs> his backhoe went out, so he was like, come on, Kevin, grab a shovel. And we had to hand dig some motherfucker's grave, man. Yeah. And I told my mother that, and she was like, you're, you're leaving that job. No son of mine is going to dig graves. You're no grave. I didn't raise a grave digger. I was going to call the uh, New Jersey uh, board of uh, whatever I could find. I was so mad. I said, grave diggers union? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But uh, I, was, I couldn't it's believe still, that guy still did here. that. He gets her dander up still to oh. this day. That son of a bitch made you dig a grave. I wanted to go. Honestly, through, now yeah. that I think about it, like, I want to go find that fucking grave and be like, I dug that. <laughs> Right to satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But no, that was totally, I mean, no one had ever taken my serious. I want to go to the board in, in New Jersey here and, and report child, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> a child of 22. <laughs> <laughs> he won't let my, he won't leave my boy alone. Is that, how old's your boy? Was he nine? No, he's 22. But why is but he, he digging graves? Me. Right. <laughs> um, when I came home from Vancouver Film School, 
well, here, I'm going to tell you my perception of things. So I came home from the Vancouver Film School, and you know my parents would never be like, like fucking loser, but they were like, welcome back, Kev. You know, and your room is waiting, and here is your hot towel. So, you know, like any good parent, they don't make you feel fucking shitty. They, like yeah. my parents were like, oh, hey, Hollywood, how'd it go out there, Hollywood? I didn't go to Hollywood, I went to Vancouver. Um, they were very, very cool, and life kind of went back to normal, but I told them, from the moment before I came back to the moment I got back to the house, I was like, I am making a movie. I'm writing a script right now, and I'm going to make a movie in December of this year. I came home July 92. The intention was to shoot a movie in December of 92. That movie would become Clerks. So, you know, I told them, I'm like, I'm not, this ain't, yes, I did drop out of film school, but this is the last thing that I'm quitting. Because, like, <laughs> I, I got a plan now. I know what I'm going to do that going forward. Um, when I finally said, like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to make this movie. And I didn't bug my parents about it for money or anything. I told them yep. I had credit cards until I needed to when, you know, we couldn't rent equipment <laughs> from Spiracorp <laughs> and we needed, like, I actual mean, cash. And I was like, ma, a we, steam back, I mean, a steam back. Steam oh back. My well, God. that was yeah. the steam back and the camera. I was like, we can't, they won't take a credit card, they'll only take cash. And my mom went to my dad's credit union and pulled out fucking three grand, which is literally like all the money that. Some people have like, oh, we put our savings away and we got like 20K sitting away. 3K was what they fucking had. They gave me that 3K and I, they were like, please, Kevin, give it back. And that's when clerks got serious because I was like, up till now, it's shits and giggles on credit cards, you know? Right. Suddenly, it's like, this is my parents' house money and shit. So it, it became, you know, I, it was probably a wise investment because it made me try even harder because I'm like, oh, shit. Now somebody's counting on me, not just me wanting to do a fucking thing. But I always got the impression when I asked for the money and you were like, yes. And, you know, you told me, like, you rationalized it. Mom was just like... You never went to college. You didn't cost us as much as the other two. So we figure you got a few bucks coming your way. And if this is what you want to do with it, this is your college money. Is he not money. spoiled? And <laughs> no, that's not fucking spoiled. That's justice. Okay. We're staying home with his mom and dad. And well, I did. I got a little payoff, man. So, but my question is this. Was, like, my, I always felt that you guys were like, he'll make this little movie. Yep. He'll get it out of his system, system, yes, and then he'll go be a waiter like his brother. Well, I wasn't sure not a waiter like I wasn't sure like a waiter like your brother because you already got thrown into Long John's with Michael Bellicose. They're throwing. Don't fucking tell them that. <laughs> yes, I'm no good with food prep. Moving on. <laughs> okay, anyhow, but no, I, I I figured it really has to be something you get out of your whole system, and then you would go find yourself in the world whatever was going to be your job or whatever. Like a job. You know, yeah. Like eventually I would get a job and I'd learn to be not lazy and stuff like that. Because hey. let's be honest, I was kind of a lazy kid. I'm still very much a lazy individual except when it comes to You don't cut his own grass thing. either. No. Well, we don't have grass anymore. <laughs> I know. You but um, but I, I'm lazy up until the point when it benefits me. Then I'm like fucking active as fuck. But like right. getting me off a couch to do a thing still like requires a lot of energy and whatnot. I just found a, a line of work that allows me to kind of be professionally lazy to some so degree. So one day I saw a Playboy magazine with him laying on a bed there. I remember. I do. Yeah, I'll I never forget you. this. Yes. Oh my God. It was during Red State. Um, you, you, the way you set it up, you're like a psalm <laughs> in bed with a Playboy magazine. It's, it's way sounded way hotter than what you're about to hear. I tell you that much. Um, right. she, your father it was, was upset. <laughs> it was during Red State when, um, like, I was I gave an interview and I was talking about retiring. Yeah. And, um, and his they, father said, like hell he will. Well, my father said nothing. He was dead at that point. Yeah. That's why he said, like hell you will. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so mom read the interview and like uh, called me and was like, I'm, what are you doing? And I was like, what? She's like, I see you laying here on this bed and you've got dirty tissues around you. Like that was the joke in the picture. But she was like, and you're talking about like retiring and giving up. Like, oh my God, what are you talking about? You, you, I can't believe this is you. I was like, yeah, Ma, I just reached a place where I'm, I'm going to like stop. And she's like, you're not supposed to stop. Your father would have been so mad at you if you stopped and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm, I'm never posing for a fucking photo on Rolling Stone again. Like, <laughs> Rolling Stone, yeah. Not God Playboy. Damn. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, all right, but wait a second. Yeah. So, But that's way in the future, Ma. We're clerks. Okay. Um, first time you see clerks. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Sorry. I've that. told the story many times where mom goes, you know, you spent $27,000 on that piece of garbage. 
But what? Thank you for the nice words. What? I mean, thank you for the nice words, Mom. Very quotable. Um, what did you? I mean, that's you know, obviously you had some issues with it. What yeah. were you thinking while you were watching the movie? Like this is not what I thought he was making. You mean the one that I watched at home that your brother set up for me with the no volume, no nothing. I just watched the movie itself. No, trying to figure volume, it out. Oh, that's that why you okay. were. Yeah. yeah, that's why I turned it off. <laughs> Daddy was with Virginia at a show or something like that in mm. Pennsylvania, and I was like, "I'm going to watch this by myself." Okay, I can do this. You know, it looked like that, and I go, "Okay, turn the volume off, Grace." <laughs> and now, mind you, Mom is not familiar with me as somebody who used vulgarity at all because we couldn't do that in no, my house. No, my God, never no. cursed around my mother, and it's not like I cursed around others and she knew about it. Just don't curse around me. Like if she knew I'd been cursing, you know, even in my twenties, she would have fucking tore me a new asshole. So a bar of soap, a bar of soap. In in many ways, like Clerks, her seeing Clerks is my coming out party where I'm like this. This okay, is who I, I really am. Like, when I'm around my friends, we talk about this fucked up shit. And we all curse and we say weird things, but it's not bad. We're not bad people, but yeah, the language is pretty coarse. So the initial exposure to that left a very disappointed mother. Yes. Um, her mm. whole point was like, people are going to think I taught you all these fucking words. <laughs> Um, but mom did she never cursed um, you know when she got mad she'd be like oh H-E double hockey sticks but she was not a cursor and stuff so for the record no I didn't learn any of those words from mom um, from Ernie no did not, I did pick <laughs> Sorry, up some Ernie. of them from Ernie for sure um, but what would happen was uh, you know the movie got picked up and celebrated and people were like hey your fucking son's smart and my mother was like well I always knew that I mean <laughs> And the language of this movie, no. so real, you know. <laughs> you got very comfortable very quickly. Honestly, there are many w days where in the beginning where I was like, I think I took this journey hoping that it would work out and I could get successful yeah. so that I could curse in front of my mother <laughs> without getting in trouble. Because then at a certain point, like I start cursing in front of my mom, my mom would be like, Kevin. Kevin Patrick, you know, That's and I'd be like, That's Mom, they pay me professionally to curse now. <laughs> and she's like, have at it. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, because I can, you know, like you said, uh, it's been an up and down road with the, from New York with the sneakers in the refrigerator, with New York with the sneakers in the refrigerator, mm -hmm. and everything else going back and forth on you and that. But they'd never give up on you. They'd always said, he's going to find something. He's going to find it. And I said, I hope we're both alive while he does. <laughs> the two of you have this real like doom and gloom version of my career and shit. Like, Dad, yeah. I tweeted just the other day that, Dad, when um, uh, you told me, you told me the story. Uh oh So after the Mallrats premiere, like the oh. whole family comes out to go see uh, the movie in, in California and stuff. And uh, afterwards, you know, they big posters on the on the uh, drive up the billboard, the billboards yeah. up there. He had, and I was like, "Wow, we're taking pictures." The kids, Virginia and Donald, and I. She's like, "My son's gonna be a millionaire," <laughs> and then Mallrats flop. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, that was a shocker. But she, uh, but I asked mom, like, you know, because dad, mom was always more forthcoming than dad. You know, dad was a little more <laughs> circumspect, <you> <laughs> and you couldn't really get his feelings out of him and if you tried he felt it and was like hey, hey, hey. so I asked mom I was just like what did dad think you know because they'd just seen mall rats and stuff and um, my mom said you said this you go your father said well he's no Steven Spielberg <laughs> <laughs> but, but if he keeps doing it Maybe one day he'll be Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, I remember it, of course. There's some shit you take with you to the grave. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, what was the... like? He, it seems like he kind of understood it before you did in terms of like, holy shit, he, he made the right made decision it. making this movie. Yep. What Do you did remember, he, though, before... Oh, hold on go ahead, go ahead. We came from seeing Deity in the hospital. Which and time? Then, uh, when he was in really for uh, the semi-stroke or something like that. But okay. you had done some of the, already the movie, right? Yeah. And you went into A&S or something like that to get a top. I was with you. And when you came out, you looked at me and said, Mom, what am I going to do next? All these people are looking up to me. What am I going to do next? The fuck? Yep. Remember that? No. 
Yeah, when you come out. Into uh, the when we came out of uh, A&S and got that Abraham and Strauss. Top. Yeah. And I had a top. And, and, and this is after clerks. And you said, yeah, they expect me. What am I going to do next now, Mom? I said, follow your heart. And the thing is that if something else is in there because you're on a roll, you know, and it'll work out. But your mind is wonderful. When you get started, you just keep going and going. Uh, where'd sister, that come from? You or him or both? No, we had come from the hospital from him being in there, and you went to get the top in there. And no, no, no. Where did my beautiful mind come from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, you're right. We all come from a hospital, but <laughs> but me, no. are you dad or the combo of you? Like when you look at me, do you see more of dad or you see more of yourself? Uh, no, you, you know your father. Is that right? Yeah, your father. Most people say people that say they, you look like I, yeah, that like I they said, look God at me like, oh, you look like your mother. <laughs> but no. when you look at me, you like is you see dad but do you also see yourself because i mean look we've just competing been competing for the microphone for like <laughs> I a half an hour like uh, you know i can i can probably out talk you right now i think you're out of your yeah. fucking mind <laughs> <laughs> i'll lay money on that challenge lady okay how many, how many hours i hear that horse voice of yours i'll take that money right now have you down for the count in an hour? Give you some Irish Bailey's <laughs> Irish cream. Yeah, there we go. You'll be fucking That's knocked out. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I, I can't imagine. But like, when you look at me, that you don't see a lot of yourself. Like, uh, particularly like in the chatterbox way that I am. And well, stuff. now I realize that so much. And oh my God, I know where he came from more me than his father. That's for sure. When his father talked, he was really good and insightful. Sometimes he really have a good joke or something like that. But when he did talk, it was. Really, you know, something you remembered. So when my sister insists, she's like, you stole Silent Bob from Dad. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, he never said shit until he had the perfect thing to say. And then he'd lay the bomb and walk away. Like, um, in, um, in um, everything that's uh, happened since like uh, 1994, and I'll never forget, I saw the moment when the worm turned where I was like, woohoo. When um, we were at the premiere, the aforementioned premiere, Bens uh, Betsy talked about what feels like four hours ago. Um, when we had the premiere for Clerks, Mom was there. And Entertainment Tonight was there. Oh, yes. And yes. so they were like, we want to interview you. And I was like, can I bring my mother? And they were like, you fucking bet you can, you know. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is adorable TV. Here we go. So, you know, I figured, oh, like, man. here, my mom's my gonna jacket. give him, like, this shit's garbage, and fucking, like, you know, come at clerks a little bit. You can leave it on, we're almost done. Um, unless you want me to tell you, want to take it off? That's my comfort book, man, sure. I know, but I thought you said you wanted to take it yeah, off. Yes, but now. But now, you're, right. you want to leave it on or off? You want to peel in front of all these people? Yes. Leave your fucking clothes on, Grace. It's <laughs> um, okay. Wait, where was I before uh, you started taking your clothes off? Going the interview, the interview. Uh, yes. So I'm like, can I please be interviewed with my I'm mother? I'm 76 next week. I know you don't smoke nearly as much weed as me. <laughs> I should <laughs> start. So um, the uh, the interview begins, and I'm expecting mom is going to be like, you know, well, I don't, you know, this piece of garbage, blah blah blah. Like, you know, can't imagine what she's going to say. Um, he was holding his breath. <laughs> but, they, you know, they're like, so, you know, what do you, blah, blah, blah. And they talk to me. And I'm like, oh, I'm here with my mom and, like, the premiere and blah, blah, blah. And being an insouciant fucking, I'm too cool for school, 90s <laughs> Kev Smith. And then they were like, what do you think of your son? And uh, what do you think of his movie? And, you know, she's like, well, you know, some of the language you bristle at as a mother. But, um, you know, he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He knows what he's doing. I like it. And right then and there, I'm like, I know she don't like this movie, <laughs> but she's saying that she does to the press. So here we go. Like fucking now I got my mom on my fucking side. Uh, now I could curse in front of my mother. I, the, for me, I've just been given tacit approval uh, to curse in front of mom because I'm right. like, if she accepts the movie on entertainment tonight right. in front of the world, she has to accept me as a cursor for time immemorial. Um, since he's not here, and since you were, uh, you know, somebody who had many a conversation with him, what did the old man think Your of? Father? Yeah, what did Dad think of? Like, uh, thank you. What was going to happen? What did Dad think was going to happen before Clerks, and then what did Dad think about what happened since well, we, Clerks? Well, we figured you'd get out of your system, and then we figured you got it out of your system now, and whatever. Uh, we just roll with it, but then all of a sudden, when everything popped, like one wow, wow, 
uh, he just said, oh, my God, this boy is really going someplace. Mm. And uh, I'm sorry. And then he also, also had figured that a whole different life for us because you had us on airplanes, going to California, some nice young ladies picking us up in the limousine. That was the joy of his night. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> only kidding. <laughs> My old man was in it for the perks and shit. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, look at the frillies, Grace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it like seemed, it rolled fast. I mean, it was, I know, some years in, me, in between the movies, but it didn't seem like that to us. It was like, wow, we're really going places. You moved us out from the little Highlands house that's now worth $400,000. That house is worth 400000 bucks. Donald said, and the taxes are horrendous, and I paid 12500 for it. 3000 down and nine five. When you bought it. <laughs> nine five what for year? 20 years. 1966. The house that I grew up in, 21 Jackson Street in Highlands, uh, they bought for like twelve grand. And, yep, uh, twelve five. And when you <laughs> sold it, you sold it for what, 89 or something? Yeah, like 89. And then yep. years later, we went to shoot Clerks 2 there, back before the floods, and they have to raise the house. Now it's on pedestals feet. and stuff. But back when it looked like the house we all grew up in, uh, we 1, shot. 1,000 square feet. Is one bathroom. 1,000 square feet. That's what Hartley's has. house is. Yep, that's why I live. Are you it's shitting me? Honest to God. She lives in the house Donald the size looked it up. 1,000 square feet. That's I raised crazy. three children and a man and a woman, husband and wife. In one bathroom, I mean. That's what I was trying to say. Well, one you raised bathroom. three children, and yeah. you were the woman, and he was the man. You, you made it That's sound true. like I had three children, and I raised two men, and a man and a woman, feral in cages until they could speak and communicate and stuff. You're a great mother, but that's a little far okay. right there. Okay, all right. You're right, you're right. The, um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it's nice to hear that like he was oh, yeah. surprised. He would have loved to ride the... Right, I've been on since he's been passed on for 18 years now. All the coke and the pills. You uh, know. No, <laughs> that's my doctor's prescriptions. You know, I'm going down. I'm going down, but not without a fight. Um, no, just every place I've been in my life, this man has taken his siblings, his brother, sister, and myself with him to England and to my what I call my death wish means my bucket wish, my bucket list to. Paris to see Notre Dame before the fire. We did. We went to see Notre Dame like a few years ago, and um, three, three. You know, we were we're all there. It's me and mom and my brother and my sister, and and uh, we're standing like right class. off the quasette. It was really nice. Oh my god! And yeah. at one point, you know, mom's like, "This is great, Kev. Where'd you get this idea?" And I was like, "Mom, you literally when you were in the hospital, <laughs> and you had that heart thing, you told me like you didn't want to die without going to Notre, Notre Dame. That's why we're in Notre Dame." She was like. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's the whole fucking reason we're here. She's like, oh, well, that's nice. Then I'm glad we came. Uh, and his father is missed so much, but I know he's watching over you all the time and taking care of you. Um, it was a wise investment of, of time uh, hanging out with one's kid and money uh, buying tickets to uh, movies and stuff because yep. th that certainly laid the seeds for what would uh, come for the rest of my life. We, and, uh, it was it was those points that you could see that was your your love you followed uh, uh, slacker slacker and yeah. you went ahead and, and just developed and developed till you found it and sooner or later it was going to come out um, crazy little film like you said well I'll never be Spielberg he's got a nice picture of Spielberg and him in my house in, in Florida together Angel and the Devil no right? that's it's not Spielberg oh, that no. is uh, Martin Scorsese. Scorsese I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Wrong one. Yeah. Sorry about that. And I look at that every day. Both every short day. directors, but yes, uh, it says two different angel things. Angel and devil. Yes, you know? yes. And the devil's over your name, over your head. I mean, your name, devil. But uh, no, I mean, with the great directors, both of them, anyhow. Yeah. But uh, kind you of know, you give them that. No, like they're both fine, both of those <laughs> guys. But they're no tiger. <laughs> no. And he always said that to his father and I. He said, I'll never be a Spielberg or a Scorsese. I said that because my father said it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, apparently know. I'll never be a Spielberg. Oh, right. Yeah, because you didn't have that Goodwill Hunting uh, name, uh, you know, mentioned to yeah. two people. I know. I forgot even... Uh, my mother cared. You know, as much as you may think that, like, <laughs> I bet you it still bugs Kev that Ben and Matt didn't thank him on the Oscars when they won. Oh, yeah. It bugs my mother even fucking more, man. Well, I have kept my mother out of the room with Ben Affleck for over 20 years because she's going to be like, come here, mister. You forget my son's name? Chris Rock even called you about that. I remember. 
You yes. got the phone call. Joe and Joey as well. Yeah, yeah. Joey Lauren Adams. Don't right? grind his gears, man. Poor fucking guy. He's, he wrote in the book recently. He wrote a whole thing about that. Did he? Yeah, about fucking, you know, for, forgetting the Oscar shout out. I don't know if you all saw the Oscars way back, you know, Goodwill Hunting, but there he stood and they're looking at each other like, who are we supposed <laughs> to You're really going to fucking tell the story? <laughs> yeah. Thank you all. Thank you very much. See? Right? All right, wait. We're going to end. We're TV, your father and I are like, the name. He forgot the name. And your father and I are like, oh, my God, I'd like to kill them both. <laughs> Whole world was celebrating Ben and Matt. My yeah. parents are like, those son, Boston sons of bitches. How could you forget the guy that brought your script back to Merrimax? We want to see Pretty fucking easily. Else. They were yeah. very excited. Yeah. Things worked out. Oh, yeah. Um, long story short, Ma. Uh, we don't get to sit here in this theater. We don't get to meet all these kind of people and stuff. We don't get to make movies. We don't get to do any of those things. Um, you know, had you guys not had a niche at one point in a November of November 1969, apparently. That's what it would be. 69, nooch. Yes. Um, you, usually, you usually tell all these nice people that your father and I went to vote and then he come home. Then we come home and he you, figured my November. Fa- that you guys would go vote. Yes, and then your father would come home and vote me. (laughs) (laughs) And now, ladies and gentlemen, perhaps it's easy to see where the origins of that dirty little clerks movie lie. Give it up for Grace Smith, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You said that here while we're on this Thank you all very much. She ain't Thank going you so, anywhere. So much. She's, uh, she'll be you know? here for the end of the show. But I'm going to oh, yeah. take her mic away. You're done. <laughs> we got to get out of Ernie's looking at me going, we got another fucking show. Um, that is, uh, boy, I mean, I know the audience must have learned some shit tonight because I sure did. There's some things that I didn't remember or know, man. And that's kind of the beauty of the show, at least for me, uh, as well as like a chance to sit back with uh, people without whom uh, that movie never would have happened hence the rest of my career never would have happened and whatnot so uh, i'm so glad y'all came to join us uh, on clerks two this evening did you have a good time this evening ladies and gentlemen thank you for coming out to smod castle i want to thank our guests tonight betsy broussard uh, kim lochran grace smith give it up for him one last time And uh, how do we sign this motherfucker off? That is Clerks 2, ladies and gentlemen. Just because they serve you also means they like you. There you go. Have a good night, everybody. All right, man, that was it. That's what it all sounded like on December 4th, 2021 at Smod Castle when we did uh, Clerks 2, T-O-O. Hope you've enjoyed this. We got more stuff uh, coming uh, next week and whatnot. Going to keep uh, Smodcast uh, vital for a while, folks. Make sure uh, I use that wonderful platform uh, that I built oh so long ago. 2007? Jesus. There it is, kids. Uh, That's Smodcast for this week, man. I'm Kevin Smith. Have a week! This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at smodcast.com.